0: Uh, welcome everybody to Faded Mates. It is week after Sweet Ruin. It's I don't even know. It's it's like before BSR and you know it's, SR. It's like a life event, right? Like we
1: were in Dallas last week for my son's volleyball tournament, and we saw the place where Kennedy was shot, like the grassy knoll. Okay, they're, like, right, and everybody who lives through that, it's like, before and after. For you, us, it's before and after Sweet Ruin. But I've got to tell you, the grassy knoll, first of all, it's not very much of a knoll. But second, there is literally an X painted on the middle no. of a working road. No. And all, it is surrounded by tourists. And then, in between cars driving by, people run out and stand on the X and take pictures. Oh, And God. I was, like... This is some sort of metaphor for America, and I don't know what it means. I know what it means. We're (laughs) fucked. (laughs)
0: um it is the player week everyone we're so excited jen and i are especially excited because we have a guest with us this week our dear friend and friend of the pod kate claiborne is back
2: hi
0: and you guys we should we're gonna reveal some secrets about ourselves about (laughs) us as a threesome uh (laughs) because we have a group text and it is it, it is titled vika Do not leave me, punches window. (laughs) (laughs) So it's going to be a ride today, everyone. We love the player in this house. We do. It's
1: funny because as I was rereading for this event, I noticed I was like, I texted the group text and was like, you know, he actually punches the window first and then says, do not leave me. Maybe we should change our working title. We're never going to change it. <laughs> We're, We're never going to change, change it. it. I have
2: to tell you, so <laughs> two things. One, I am already blushing. Like we have not, ta- and I, my face is like hot. I can feel my face being hot right now. But also this, just very recently, I had to get a new car because my car was like, a million years old and so I had to buy a car and my car has a lot of technology that I've never had before, including, you know, it will make my phone talk to me. Oh boy. And so if I'm in the car and I get a text from one of you in the thread, (laughs) the car will say, (laughs) text from Vika, do not leave me punches window. Sorry, Sarah, but sweet ruin. Isn't the best I had book
0: (laughs) actually, but that's making me realize like I have some really weird text thread names in my phone. And so now I'm like, oh, that's really fun. Maybe we should rename this text thread for Kate now and then. <laughs> I'm blushing. We'll just say yes. that I'm blushing.
1: Um, what did... I had a funny text name for, I think, like the one we had with Sierra Simone, and I can't remember what it is now. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't even remember. It was something funny, though. Um, Kate. Yes. You are here with us. We are... Not just to embarrass you, although I'm sure Sarah and I will both delight in that. <laughs> tell us, like, why is, is so? Like, we had you on. Oh, Wait, can I tell everybody else something really, actually interesting? We had you on yeah. for best friend sibling. Yeah. And in between then and now, we have actually discovered that our brothers know each other.
2: Yes, which that, is really fucking weird, that everybody. It's really true. It is a small the world. world. Is
1: real small. Yeah. yeah, it's
2: real small, and we've we've talked about it, and then we've just tried to
1: forget that. Yeah, it exists, totally. I think, and I'm it's... like, oh, Ohio. That's all that you need to know. How yeah. how, how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> but now I want. So tell us, like, before we like launch into talking about Sarah's second favorite romance, well, yes. Um, why <laughs> is this the one? Like, what is it about this one that is like? Why do we bring you on for this? So
2: I mean, I do think in part it's to embarrass me. <laughs> but um,
0: <laughs> there are no chastity bells in this book. Right.
2: I mean, there's other, there's other things. So we I could have
0: brought you on for Chastity Belt.
2: I will <laughs> say that when I, when I started reading these, this series, it was because Sarah told me to. It's like very early in our friendship, Sarah was like, you need to read these books.
0: <laughs> this is how I test a co- the quality of a friendship. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. was taking a risk, I felt. <laughs> anyway,
2: um, so when I got to this book, I mean, the, the previous two were also challenging for me on the
1: Claiborne scale. Um, but this one. It's like the opposite of the Simone scale. Yeah, it's, it's like. the
0: inverse of the Simone scale. It's like
1: drinking tea with a tea bag you've already used. It is not at all oh, a sex joke. Boy. Like, that's like the Claiborne scale.
2: Oh, you know what, Jen? Since you've said that, I need to tell you that one of the most humiliating moments of my life <laughs> was being at a, a party. And it was like, you know, when I was young, I was like in... But I was in my early 20s or something, and somebody made a joke about teabagging. And I (laughs) Uh was like, what is that? Like, I... To this group of young, cool people, I was like, what is it when people say that? So, like, obviously, I had heard it in my lifetime before. Sure. But did not...
1: So anyway... Never say what is that, ever. Just a fucking
0: pretend. Just pull out your phone and Google it. Yeah, that's what I should have done. (laughs) Anyway, okay, so
2: the reason why this book I thought would be interesting to talk about is because it has, like, three things in it that should otherwise make me, on a personal level, not finish a
0: book. (laughs) So... (laughs) Welcome to the full Crest. I know.
2: So one, one is that a main character is like a grifter or a con artist. Yeah. So the, the heroine of this book is a, is a con artist and she's from a family of con artists. And I really... There are very few books I have ever been able to finish that feature some kind of yeah. con or long game or like somebody lying to the other person about their identity. Um, so, I mean, that... Already, like I, I, wasn't sure if I was going to be able to deal with this book because of that plot. Right. The second thing is that you know, as with a lot of of Cressley's books, and now now because I've read the Immortals After Dark books and these books, I like I'm more, I guess, familiar with it. But it has this. Um, The the hero of this book has this terrible sort of sexual assault and trauma in his young life.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
2: And then the third thing is, I don't read a lot of books with, like, BDSM. There's, like, just, you know... um...
1: Although this is, like, pretty light. Like, she uses that word, but I was like, he just spanks her a few times. Whatever.
2: (laughs) Right. I I guess that thing
1: with the belts. Fine. Right.
2: (laughs) Right. Um, So, but... I I think one of the things I'm interested in about Cressley's books in general is, like, how does she get buy-in from readers who I think would otherwise be like, I'm, I'm yeah. not sure if this is, like, the kind of plot I usually read or whatever. So I think that's why. Um, I think that's why I'm on this.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good... I think that, I feel like, is something we've been exploring for 30 some episodes <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I I have a theory about like why I have buy into it but I don't want to talk about that until we've talked a bit about this sort of plot of the book yeah okay
0: the player the player <laughs> Sarah's <laughs> favorite <laughs> yeah
2: just all the all of sarah's buttons being pushed just lighting up it's
0: true it's true it's true so um we had sophie jordan on for the master and she explained that her whole theory of these three books the professional the master and the player is that um one of them will just hit you hard in the id and that will be like your core like give it to me give it to me give it to me romance like you'll just find you'll figure out so much about like your own personal, like, kink and id by virtue of which of these books is your favorite. And this book is my favorite by far of the three. And it will come as no surprise at this point because we just did a two-hour episode on Sweet Ruin. (laughs) And Ruin is so similar. Like, the stories are very similar. Um, Or the characters are so similar. But no one loves a broken hero like me. So I I (laughs) want you to, like, say a little bit about that. Like, where you see the kind of overlap between The Sweet Ruin and this book. Well, I think that there's I well first of all, I think the they they both have these sort of deeply traumatic pasts um right. that we'll get into. Yeah. And um if you haven't read um The Player there big big content warnings about um the past here. Um and Well, I think you should
1: say childhood sexual assault. I think you should yes. say. It. Like
2: And you kind of if you, you know if you've read the other two you've gotten
0: You know the You know, man. yeah,
2: you've kind of gotten hints of this, right? But it's really explained in this one.
0: Well, and we just don't see it to the same level in the other two because it doesn't happen it happens to Dimitri yeah. in a way that it doesn't happen to the others. Like the right. others are tangentially related to this. Right. Um but he is the the most victimized of the three um at least physically um so he and he is in a place where so it, this is such a hard book to talk about if you haven't read it because there we're gonna have to talk like they're gonna be spoilers about because i want to talk too about the way that the book is crafted to oh, reveal yeah. Yeah. So much of the book is clouded in this kind of mystery of who Dimitri is and um, why he is the way that he is, why he's so intensely controlling, why he seems to be. I mean, he is in, and when we say controlling, like intensely controlling um, to the point where he basically uh, kidnaps her into marriage. Yeah. Um, you know what? Uh, here's, can, before <laughs> you continue, one you of the things.
1: You know what? <laughs> you know what? It wasn't kidnapping. <laughs> here's what I want to talk about because I think one of the things we've talked about is like Cressley's, like the evolution of Cressley using first person throughout these books. And yeah. it strikes me that this is like, like, and we joked in the first one, it was like watching her learn to drive stick shift in a Ferrari. Cause it was re- it didn't really work for us. Right. Because the hero was too hidden from us. Mm-hmm. And then in the second book, we get a heroine who understands the hero really well and knows exactly how to like kind of make that work for her. And so it, it, Right. It's like a a revelation. It like works so much better for us because we're so much more connected through her being connected. Right. This third one is then like the master stroke, because we think that Victoria, that Vika the entire time like knows him and is playing him. And then it's like a magician at work. And at the end, there's this big reveal. And so she doesn't even really know she's been kidnapped into marriage, right? Like, she just (laughs) thinks... I mean, it's, it's, it's so fucking brilliant. And I feel like the craft of Cressley's writing, where she goes from, like, how she manages that, right? Like, here's a woman who knows everything that's going on and is in full control. And then at the end, instead like the curtain gets pulled back and we see, oh no, <laughs> she didn't understand a lot the entire time. And it's yeah. so fucking good.
0: Well, I would be really interested in hearing Kate talk about this because I don't write in first person, but I but I agree, Jen, that this is a masterclass in how to use first person for the text, right? Because what the biggest problem, at least one of the big problems that I have in YA, first person, um, is something that my friend Carrie Ryan, who writes YA, says all the time, which is um, often in YA, the heroine says things like, well, uh, you know, they can know everything about me except my secret, period.
1: Yeah. And
0: she's thinking, she's, the writers use that to to hold information back from the reader. Um, But no one actually thinks that way. Right. No one says, like, accept my secret. They say, like, accept the fact that I robbed a bank. Right. Right? So but which is, you know, a writing challenge is like, how do you give everything away and still maintain um, conflict in a book? And what Cressley does here is she establishes a character who is keeping so many secrets publicly from the other from the hero but the re- the reader knows everything and then bam yeah the readers the hero's been keeping all these secrets too but you didn't know either
2: yeah and I think at the end of the book when there's like the reveal when he sort of comes and explains everything like for me the end that last I think it's just in the last chapter where he reveals um, everything I was like wow this is like a lot to take in it's like a lot of information <laughs> um so I mean the the risk of doing that right is that you you are forcing yourself into a, kind of a weird um like info dump uh, <laughs> because eventually he has to he has to come clean right in order for you to
0: feel okay about the book right right But the revelation – her revelation that he's been playing her the whole time is really remarkable. Like the – I mean, now here we are talking about the end. But the structure of she – her – you know, when her family comes to her and says, like, we figured out there's been – like, there's a problem. He's been after you for a year. Look at all these pieces. The pieces of the puzzle start to fall together the punching of the window which we'll get to (laughs) and then she leaves and they you know she's watching all the video and she sees and this goes back to my sweet ruin broken hero love is like she sees how totally devastated he was I mean so here's the deal Dimitri was going to kill himself he was so broken by you know and devastated by his past that he couldn't get past it into he could he couldn't live his life at all, um, happily. Right. And so he was, we find, we discover that, like, on the night when he was at his lowest point, he, when he was, you know, planning to kill himself, he sees his fated mate, right, yeah. on the floor of the casino, and then commits to changing himself to win her. Yeah. And I mean, I that's my cat, I mean, that's my catnip. Like, yeah, like, which is terrible this is not good I'm I'm working through with my therapist you guys (laughs) this is is not a great thing for somebody to have as an id because like you two just want to like heal I think in its idealized
1: form though the other part of well, it's also
0: a trillionaire sure
1: and he's literally like you're not working hard enough to spend my money you need another pool Um, she does have a pool um (laughs) <laughs> one of the things like you guys i just want my own pool so bad one of the things i would say about that though is the appeal is i mean we we in modern romance expect heroes to ch- to change right not just heroines so i think to have a romance hero preemptively understand that he needs to change that that like that's really powerful as opposed to her berating him that he must change right Like and I think that that's some. There's something really fucking sexy about that, right? Like I'm, I'm a wreck, and I need to be in a position to be good enough for you. I mean, yeah, that's fucked up when I say it, but I'm gonna tell you right now,
0: (laughs) it's delicious. It was real fucking hot.
1: (laughs) Yes.
2: Well, I think what's interesting listening to you guys talk about this is like my. um, I think my kind of a, attraction to this book is somewhat, I don't know, it's different than both of yours, I think. Um, so That's because you're more balanced than us. Probably. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, as you guys know, I love a damaged hero too, and he of course is really um, I mean, he's really damaged, but I guess for me, like one thing that I think, when I think about why this book appeals to me, I think what it is is that I, I think it's about her for me. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so her life is, you know, her, she, I guess I should say, um, if you're listening to this and you haven't read the book, um, so she comes from this family of con artists, uh, and this has been her life's work is to work as a grifter and, and she does all different kinds of cons. Um, and for the last year, her mm. cons have gone cold, right? Like she has not been able to carry out, one of these grifts successfully and it's really difficult for her. Um, and there is a lot riding on this for her because her family is in quite a bit of trouble. Right. And so right. there's a lot of burden on her from her family. Um, she doesn't like, she feels like her sister is the more beautiful. Um, her brother is like kind of a tech superstar. Um, she also just got out of a relationship in sort of a a terrible way. Her fiance was cheating on her and it was like, you know, awful. And she had tried to be a lot of things for him too. He was a football coach. She hated sports, but tried to get into them (laughs) for him and all this stuff. So I just feel like her, her life, like when you first meet her, you think this woman is going to be awful because what she does for a living is like con people. Right. But she is burdened by a lot of things and when she meets Dimitri, he is so devoted to her and to her only. And it's like all he wants to
0: give her is freedom from all those things. That's the appeal of the billionaire, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the appeal of the Duke. It's the appeal of the, it's the, appeal of the king is this idea that they'll take care of you. Yeah, and he he also just wanted and your family. I mean, yeah, and her yeah, family, right? Yeah, I mean, we have we cannot do this book without talking about families because the level of loyal fam- familial loyalty, yeah. is that occurs in this book is far more than in any of the others. Um, and he uh, he, I mean, also there's there is this piece that I imagine Kate is part of why you love it so much that like. Dimitri understands her yes. from the go, right. like from the moment they meet, he it's like he's in her head.
2: Yeah, and he's going to release her from, you know, she thinks of herself as like a grifter, that that's like a fundamental thing about her. But, you know, like when you're sort of paying attention to her in the text, what you see is that like, you know, it's not like... She wouldn't have chosen that life for herself, right? She does it out of loyalty to her family, but she has other things that she wants to pursue. But she would never do it, right? Because she's so loyal to this family. And he, I mean, he wants to give her freedom, which is ironic since he kidnaps her, basically.
0: But whatever. I mean, is it really kidnapping (laughs) if you end up in a glass house, owning half of California? Not really. I
1: would say no.
0: Yeah, with your own pool. And your, like, massive design studio. Like, yeah. is it really kidnapping? Right. You know what, so- though?
1: I think that, like, Kate, I think the part, so it's, it's, yeah, it's that for sure. But I think the other part that I think is really interesting about this is his devotion to her. Before yeah. he even knows her is what allows him to reconcile with his brothers. And yeah. that's the part about this book that I actually think is really wonderful. Because I, like, I don't, like, personally, like... One of the things that I found is, like, when I married my husband, he, like, helped me love my family better because he loved his family so much. And I think that that's, like, the ideal partnership is someone who makes you stronger, right? And the fact that, so it's, yes, her devotion and loyalty to her family is so important, but it's also this bridge for him to find his way back to his brother's. And I think that's really. Aw- I I loved that too. Like I just found that really poignant, if for in a in a book that's about this much sex.
2: <laughs> yeah, and they they teach him how to be with her. So like I think one yeah. of like for me like one of a really kind of like poignant moment in the book is um, on their wedding night. He, you know, it's like the first time they're gonna con- they're gonna consummate the marriage, but he is absolutely terrified that he will. He's so kind of the manifestation of his trauma is that he dissociates during sexual activity and he's terrified that this is going to happen with her. And so he stops like just before they're getting ready to have sex and he leaves and calls his brother. Yeah. Um, and you know you obviously don't hear that call because he's in the other room and you're in her head. But when he comes back in and he says something to her like, um, you, you must be anxious. Like, I'm sorry, you must be anxious. And she says like... It sounds like he's repeating somebody else's words. Yeah. And that I thought was so sweet that, like, his brother was obviously, like, helping him figure out how to talk with her. Yeah. Um, although I was thinking back to the master and I was like, how would he be good at this? <laughs> <He> was- <laughs> <laughs> Not even
0: a little bit. But anyway, <laughs> he's changed. Wait, them. is that who he calls? He doesn't – I just assumed he – it's Maxim. It's Maxim he yeah, calls. He, yeah. he should have called the other one. The other one helped him with the, yeah. the mob stuff. The yeah, mob yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody has their skills. Right.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, but he, we never would have believed, as readers having gone through book one and two, if he would have called the first brother... Sebastian. We would have been like, what? That dude knows nothing. He's just like... <laughs> Ugh, he's he going to be like, go into the mess. sauna and
0: whip her with Banyan <laughs> <Yes>. leaves.
1: <laughs> no, uh, Maxim's the one who, uh, yes, he talked to the right brother. Good job. Yeah, <laughs> Maxim's
0: like, I'm sending you a chastity belt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, I mean, there's so much to love about this. So it's interesting because in The Master, we had this conversation when we did the recording on the, on The Master with with Sophie that um I always forget there's a wedding in that, in the middle of The Master oh, because right. like it's just such a like weird moment of uh, domestic idol. So but I have a theory about why and
1: I'll go back to it. No, go ahead. Let's... Well, cuz you remember you were like it was funny. I was relisting and you were like I don't know why it's there and I was like you know why because That whole book is so claustrophobic in the middle, like in a good way, right? It's just them together. Right. And we would never believe that they would work unless we saw them with other people. Right? So you have to like blow out their world a little bit. And I think that it makes sense then that it's going to be this wedding because she's married and he doesn't know and there has to be a crisis that has to like, you know, that has to be resolved as well. So I just thought, I thought it made sense actually. We didn't talk about it much, but I was like, no, there was a reason it was a wedding and not just like a party. Sure. Okay. I'll buy it. <laughs> I mean, fine. <laughs> you had to establish that Maxim
2: was good at toasts.
1: Yeah. But <laughs> she knew how to decorate a limo. Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: anyway. Um, but in this one, you have like, um, what's amazing is that he's already come to this idea of knowing he's known her first outside of the two of them Mm -hmm. yeah for a year Mm -hmm. and I mean obviously he hasn't known her known her but man it feels like he did you know, he's been watching her. It's, this is super creepy. Yes. It's super creepy when you say it out loud. I know. I it's was like, so good. I mean, he's been watching her for a year and learning her and learning what she loves and learning. I mean, he's been, oh my God, he really has. It's creepy. It's really, I, I really think it's like the, that part of the book is sort of terrifying. He has yeah. been tracking her phones. He's yeah. been listening to her phone conversations. He's been reading her emails. I mean, there's the whole thing with the ex, with the like fiance, which is Probably the only okay look in while I'm doing this at you know 10 o'clock in the morning I feels like <laughs> this is all super creepy but the one thing like when I'm reading this book because I can't sleep at 2 a.m. Um, for the 43rd time the one thing that always feels real unpleasant to me is the way that he traps the fiance yeah so cat, uh, not cat. Uh, Vika is engaged to a guy who's like perfectly nice she's just not her fated mate or he's not her fated mate and uh and uh it turns and then one day she discovers that he's cheating on her or that he has cheated on her yeah she walks in on on him yeah she walks in on them it's one night he's basically like "It, it only happened one time I'm sorry it was a huge mistake and she's like no we're done And then he tries to win her back. And, like, once a week he sends her an email about a memory that he has of her. Like, he clearly cares for her. Yes. And turns out, of course, Dimitri has affected this entire scheme. Yeah. So that they wouldn't get married. The part that was, like, really
1: fascinating about it because, like, I I felt the same way, right? I was like, okay, this is actually real fucking terrible. Is at the end, like, right, so... The everyone who has not read this book just really needs to go read it before they listen. Um, the end when he, she's like, "I can't believe you did that." He's like, "Well, you thought that your family set us up this way, and you were ready for, get, to forgive them, so why not me? Like, once you're running the con, right? Like the rules of the con must apply." And I thought that that was like really the only way to trick us as readers into like buying it too right like we are just as susceptible to like the long con as as she herself is and I again like that's a part of the text that I think is like brilliant because like yeah as you say it I'm like this is actually really terrifying and anyone listening to us right now thinks we're nuts but in the context of the book and their world he did what he needed to do to get his end goal which is her And therefore, it's all like legal. Well, even though I'm like, ugh. (laughs) Well, so I. It's like no.
0: It's like um, point of order.
2: (laughs) Well, here's what I'll say. I will say for me that the end of the book remains terrifying. Right? If I reread this book, I don't even read the end. It is. I think it is. Yeah. Wait, do you read the
1: part where he punches the window?
2: Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Wait, so where do you stop? I just, then I just go to the epilogue.
0: <laughs> what? Because
2: I, I what? do think I'm... it's, <laughs> I do think it's like, ter- I don't like to think about it. And this yeah. kind of goes back to like, you know, not, like I have trouble with yeah. books where somebody's sure. hiding their identity or something like that. But what I will say is what I think Cressley tries to do is show that it's not scary to her yeah. because she respects the,
0: Khan, the con, yeah. right? So, like, well, that whole family scene, right? Oh, Yeah. When they go back and they're looking at all the videos, and the con, it's coming together. Like what he's been doing all this time, right? And the the grandparents are like, "Ooh, oh, look at that! Right? Like, respect." <laughs> like, yeah. like Kate, Kate is in the window. Like,
2: you guys should learn to respect people's privacy. <laughs> <laughs> this is still not okay <laughs> no, but anyway but I think what I think what Cressley is doing is making it like it is okay for her because th- this is part of who she is too it is part of
0: yeah that world who her family yeah, is she certainly right? tapped a phone in her day right oh yeah
2: she was gonna clone his phone right that's what yeah. she wanted to do and she missed the well, opportunity the whole thing,
0: I mean the whole thing was a con she thought she was stealing 500 billion dollars from yes. him yes yeah I mean, that is the other thing like we have we sort of Cressley has really it's it's amazing because the level of conning that is going on from Vika's perspective, the you know, I'm going to get I'm going to like kind of I'm going to grift him. We I need to make this money. Um, yes, I'm going to marry him. I, there's no prenup like she's she she feels very Sort of, She starts to feel very guilty about the amount of money that they're going to con from, like, that she'll have access to the kind of whole – the whole thing starts to feel squicky to her. Yeah. But the reality is that, like, she really could be dinged hard by romance readers as an unlikable heroine because of the level of conning that she's doing. Right. But by the end, when you see that he's been conning – like, you know, the spinner has been spun – Right. Right? Like, you then suddenly you're like, oh, no, they're perfect. It's cat versus cat. Right. Um, And it really, really is. There's such a magnificent – he respects her. And I think part of that, again, it's family, right? Like, he respects the, like, family business, her family business. Right. In such a really remarkable way.
2: And he doesn't – he doesn't regr- – he doesn't really apologize. Like, and I think this is – in a way, this is like what – impresses her family but like when she says to him like how could you have set up what was the fiance's name Br- Brett. Brett or Bron whatever Brett, anyway Brett. Brett um Brett. so Brett when she says to him like you set up Brett and he says I would have I would have thrown like a thousand women in his way to yeah. get to you whatever and like the people in the family are like oh
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <Respect>. yeah so <laughs> And then there's, like, the Russian grandfather who's like, that's because he's Russian. Yeah. (laughs) It all feels so, like – I mean, having been raised by an Italian, which is not a Russian, but still, like, has that sort of, like, you know, feel of, like, Italians are Italians – um My dad would have said the exact same thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's because he's Italian. Right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. your dad
2: probably would have been like, geez, he was cloning your phone.
1: Honey, <laughs> 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 maybe you should run away. But you know what it reminds me of? Have you guys seen that movie, The Usual Suspects? With Kevin, right? I mean, the whole idea that, like, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, when you buy into the world of, like, the con artist right? Like the rules just sort of change. And I think that that's the only, like I said, I think it's the only reason why this like book doesn't freak me out, right? Because there, it's like when I watch a movie, any like movie like that, I'm just like, this is not my world, right? Like I'm, you know, I'm not gonna drive around at 100 miles an hour. Well, okay. I'm not gonna like steal things. I'm not gonna whatever. Like, so I just feel like, yeah, if I logically think about it and the term, I mean, it's not even like a contemporary romance. It's not, it's paranormal-like in that the excessive nature of his, like, obsession with her just feels like faded mates. I had to do whatever I had to do to get her. It doesn't even feel like a contemporary book at all. It's completely devoid of, like, reality. No, and right?
2: she, I think she knows, I mean, I think she knows that, like, craft-wise, I think she's giving you nods to that throughout. Oh, yeah. So, like, you know when they first meet, he's staring up at the full moon, right? She, I love that part. Yeah, she says something about being a she demon to him. I don't know if she like said mm, something yeah. like I could be right. And so there's like little things throughout the book where I think Kressley is like actually giving a nod to that, like
0: sort of this is not this is not reality, right? right. Like, um, no, well, there's I mean, and there are so many echoes to to IAD. Yeah, in it. there's a there's a moment where Kat looks at the diamond that he buys her, which is massive, and she's like, massive rock, mine. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, oh, yeah. she's a Valkyrie. Yeah. Like- right.
2: <laughs> yes. She does love – she loves pretty things. She loves cars. She loves jewelry. She loves clothes.
0: And I love that every time she gets something from him, she texts her brother, like, or her family. Yeah. The group text, which surely has a name. <laughs> um, and it's like – and then they, like, immediately tell her how much money – like it's worth, yeah. How much money she's just won them? Did you guys
2: think that there were gonna be other books featuring her f- family? The
0: friend, I was sure the friend would be involved, would get a book.
2: Well, I mean, yeah. At like, first, I, at first I thought they were only books that, but then in the epilogue, like some little
0: threads seem to be getting tied the up. The sister and the boy and the, the sister husband. and her husband, yeah.
1: And then, but also her brother and Jess, which is, right, like the, like the The friend, friend. right? I just think, you know, just write a couple short stories and put them in your newsletter for us, (laughs) Cressley, but also Monroe. Focus. Oh, okay.
0: Well, so for just sort of business purposes, um, this book was self-published. The first two were published by Simon & Schuster. Really? And this book was self-published. Yes. Huh. So, um... That's real interesting. I don't know why, but I know that that is true. Wow. Did, like, I Yeah, I, that's fascinating to me. I, so, yeah, like, I mean, presumably because they just decided that they didn't want to do any more contemporary mafia books with her. And she was like, well, there's one more brother, so I'm going to do it. And thank God for that, Cressley. <laughs> because it's Sarah's favorite. Because it's my favorite. <laughs> Can I tell you something?
1: Because you know I love the master a whole lot, and I have not reread the player in a long time and i reread it beginning to end and was like oof this might be tied it's really fucking good jen you like that you like that exhibitionist stuff i do mm-hmm. uh, you know what though here's what i kept thinking i was like okay look he's cloned her phone he's like stalking her <laughs> whatever <laughs> you know, whatever how the fuck in the process of like doing that do you figure out Something about someone, like, they're an exhibitionist without them ever... Like, she doesn't even know that about herself. That was, like, the well, one thing I, I mean, kept thinking that, about. I was like, Isn't How that does? a
0: little bit, like, that's... They're all like that. Like, yeah. Maximus like, Kat, I know you want to be, like, spanked and given a chastity belt <laughs> with two dildos. I guess. Like, and she's like, you're right, I do. I guess. <laughs> I mean,
2: but it's... I think it's part it's of that... Yeah, it's faded me. Yeah, and it's part of that same narrative, like, right? Like, what I was saying, that she is kind of adrift, right? And all he wants is to, like, give her all the things that she wants but cannot, for all these various reasons, get for herself, right? Like, she's mm-hmm. too weighed down by other things to be able to get them for herself. And, yeah. and he makes those things happen for her. So, like, in the in the book, kind of a – I don't know. I think it's, like, sort of in the middle of the book when she tells him she can't come from oral – yeah, oh my God, my, uh-huh. should, I like have hives. <laughs> I like, I think I felt a hive. Anyway, um,
0: and he's like,
2: well, like I'm, I'm gonna make that happen, right? Yeah. Um, and so, like in every way, like sexually, financially, all these things, he wants to sort of free her of these pre- other yeah. preoccupations. Another
0: way in which he is like Rune because he is a virgin and superior yeah. at penile right? Like, Superior. He also is um has a he's pierced. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. For control purposes, right.
1: (laughs) Well, it's interesting what he says. Like, right. I just wanted it to be different, you know. And I, I think that that part, I there were things I did you know I I kind of thought oh we should ask Adriana about like the trauma rep or whatever although then I'm like again it's not reality but I do like that he's been celibate for like eight years right and so he really has decided like and then was even like medicated to sort of handle his anxiety and then he's like you know I guess the thing I didn't like is then he like Rocky, like, essentially, like, puts himself on his own program to make himself a better man by, like, working out and not taking this medicine, and and I felt like I was like, okay, that's kind of silly, but I think the idea that he, like, I I don't know, I was just very won over by the idea that he was so self aware.
0: Yeah, well, let's. I mean, can we talk about sex for a little bit? A little bit. A a little bit. I mean, we can talk about it for the rest of the episode. Fine. (laughs) Um, but no, I mean, the moment. So there's that moment in sex with with them all the time where he says, um, "Keep me here," right? Mm-hmm. Where he's afraid of dissociating, and she doesn't understand it, but she understands that whatever is happening between them is different than has ever been with with him, yeah, before. For like him. she. Yeah. She instantly realizes that like something about and and she thinks it all the time. She's like, I can't like he's he's heady for me. Like he's like a drug. Like I can't a thrall get out from underneath this. And part of it is that like even when we're having sex, like or especially when we're having sex, like it feels like I'm everything to him. Again, potentially creepy but not in some way. <laughs> yeah, because
2: she's she's not ever been able to be everything to anyone, right? Right. Like, well, what's interesting is
0: that everybody calls her a vice. Like, yeah. she's – she like, she's, she's – her family calls her vice. Like, yeah. technically, she could – this whole thing could have been written in a way where he's, like – he would feel addicted to her, but that's not what it is. She's not – he's not addicted to her. He just – like, she is – she's his whole world yeah she's precious to him and, yeah. in a way that a vice is not uh, you have a contentious relationship with vice but he doesn't right and, and he said
2: like that you know is the thing that she remembers like when he says to her at one point in the book he says to her like imagine imagine the world is darkness and there's a single candle like yeah y- you're the candle or whatever and that's like the thing that she keeps remembering that he has said to her so, yeah, like, that's exactly it. His devotion to her is not about, like, she's something bad for him or oh, yeah, or something no. like
0: that. And there's also – so for somebody who kidnaps someone into marriage, there's also, like, not as much pressure – like, I think it's such a light touch, which, again, is just smart on Cressley's part, because there are, there are some really, like, magnificent moments where he's, like, the moment where he says to her, like, you're not working hard enough to spend money. Like, let me yeah. show you how much we are worth. Yeah. Like, so that you will just buy whatever you want. Or, but my favorite moment in this whole book is such a beautiful light touch, which is when he looks at her and he's like, I want you to give me the ring you've had. I know. For... A month. And I've been sneaking into your closet to put it on every day. Like, and it's so wonderful because she won't admit that she cares for him enough to have bought him a wedding ring. Yeah. And he is like, I "I want to be claimed by you. Like, he's desperate for it. And still he, like, I mean, he's been putting it on in secret for a
2: month. Yeah. See, these favorite moments that each of us have are, like, I think super revealing about what kept us reading this book so I I, what my favorite moment is like and I, I had told Jen this prior but my favorite moment is like when her brother is like standing next to her and is kind of like trying to say like you know she needs to come with me or whatever and Dimitri says like you, you know, do not get between me and her. You do yeah. not want to do that. And yeah. I was like, this is my favorite, this is my favorite thing in the whole book, right? Because again, like that's, that's what I liked about the book is that he was like,
1: yeah,
0: I'm going to just clean up all this shit in your life that yeah. is a problem for you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, but let's be honest, the punch a window. It- yeah. Oh, yeah. That, sure. Yeah. That part's great. That also is great. Just making it bloody. Yeah. 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 But that, but that is the part of the book. I mean, I love that scene viscerally, right? So, Kat, so um, Vika's brother and sister, Vika's family shows up, and they're like, "Oh my God, you're being conned! Yeah, like, he's something's happening. He's conning you. We have proof." And she and they're like, "You have to come with us." And she's like, "Okay." And she starts to leave the casino, and like they are in the car at the curb, and suddenly, like out the door comes Dmitri. Yeah. And they're like, Fuck, we have to go. And then and then he's she's like they they lock the doors and he's like grabbing the handle and he's gone <laughs> feral. Yeah. He's feral. At did this you point. did anyone
1: else wonder though how they were able to actually have a conversation between the closed windows? <laughs> He's really loud,
0: Jen. He, like I he... guess
1: there's a part where she mumbles something and she like understands. I guess it's his super secret yeah. uh, hearing because he's an immortal. They're connected. I...
0: And then he's like punching oh, the window yeah. Yeah. To, and he bloodies his hand. And I'm like, holy shit! I should not love this. <laughs> like in the moment, I'm like that every time. And yet, and her her sister is like, fuck! We got to get the fuck out of here. This yeah. guy's crazy. I know. And he's just like, she's just like driving
2: through Vegas and there's all this like smeared blood on her <laughs> window.
0: <laughs> and she is like
1: sad. Uh, yeah. She's yeah. not scared. She's no, sad. Like everybody's
0: right. like, oh my God, he's a feral monster. He's, I mean, he goes full, Kate, you like this because he's basically a a. Oh, yeah. 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 Of course. Staring at that full moon. <laughs> of course. And yeah, he goes full like, what's it called? I don't even know. What's the wolf?
1: Wolf wolf. hologram. He goes full hologram (laughs) in that moment. (laughs) Except that his hologram can punch. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, wait. I want to talk about my favorite. Do your favorite, Jen. Okay. Because I feel like it's too... I'm going to talk about... Well, okay. I really like the part where he, like, figures out she's an exhibitionist, obviously, in the back (laughs) of that club and unzips her in front of everybody because I'm a dirty girl. (laughs) But the part I actually really love in this book is... She has this like ridiculous 15 carat diamond ring. And basically if she gives it to her sister, they can fence it and they will be out of like money problems. Yes. And she does not want to give up her ring. and she But she knows it's this huge risk to basically roll up to him and be like, look, I need $3 million for my family. But she, the scene where she asks him for the money anyway. And oh, yeah. he basically is like, sit down and she's like oh fuck and he's like i am humiliated that i have not made this clear to you that this is our money and then he's like, why don't you give me like a, a number so I can just wire it to them immediately? And she's like, I can't believe you're going to do that. I can't believe you sent them $3 million. And he's like, look, I sent them five so that they will know next time that they can come to us.
2: Right. Okay. I will say that <laughs> I, when he gave them five, I was like, you know what? These people are not responsible with money.
0: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but he's a trillionaire yeah that five million dollars is like
1: fell out of his fucking couch cushion okay well
0: i feel like we also need to clarify you guys that is not hyperbole he is actually a trillionaire this book is ridiculous it's ridiculous It's over the top (laughs) i mean yeah it's
1: cool that he's like i gave them more than you wanted but for her right as the heroine and i think that's why like i do agree with kate it's like the heroine and this book is so meaningful to me Where she, despite her fear and her love and her loyalty to her family, it's this step towards her husband as being part of that, too. And I, like, and her, it's, like, so brave. Like, she knows this could all go really sideways, and yet she's, like, she, and and it's also that she wants her ring, right? She, like, wants, she wants both. She's, like, both and. I want my family and I want my marriage. And I fucking love that scene. Yeah.
0: She's trying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well and she's trying to learn to trust somebody who is not, her,
1: yeah, her yeah. family, which... and who sets off all of her signals that there's something she hasn't figured out yet, such as right? the stalking.
0: <laughs> she has, she's has the sense of a gron, of a gron. What the hell is that? I don't know. She, she has the sense of a grifter. Yeah. Don't let me, Eric, take out the part where I say gron. <laughs> I, like, I don't know what that but, is, but okay. She has like the sixth sense of a grifter. Yeah. yeah.
2: We really, there's a really important thing that we have to talk about. Oh boy. On this podcast. And it's about punctuation. Ah! The, the title of this podcast. <laughs> the title of this podcast is going to be Sexclamation Points.
0: <laughs> because.
2: From the first (laughs) Presley book I have ever read, I have been (laughs)
0: obsessed with her use of exclamation points. (laughs) I mean, well, we should also say, Kate, your books basically use zero exclamation (laughs) points. Well, well,
2: I want to give some backstory for that, which is that I had a teacher once who told me, as a writer, you get two exclamation points in your entire writing life
1: (laughs) and like that was but that's what Benjamin Dreyer says in Dreyer's English I should go look it up right now
2: he he says something very similar yeah
1: um well those people have not read a Cressley Cole
0: novel
2: (laughs) (laughs) right and I'm not I mean I don't think I don't think any writing advice like that is good writing advice but nevertheless it really stuck with me right like I was like yeah like this is a punctuation mark you have to deploy with extreme discretion.
1: Not when you're an immortal coming. No, Cressley (laughs) loves an exclamation
2: point, and in the sex scenes, there are exclamations everywhere.
1: I don't think I've ever noticed that.
2: (laughs) Capital letters too, like all caps. There's so many announcements. There's so many announcements in the sex
0: scenes. So wait, I this is weirdly relevant. I have a 5-year-old and she learned, you know, she was in kindergarten this year and she learned about the exclamation point and I don't know how they taught the exclamation point to kindergartners, but basically anytime she gets to the end of a sentence, like let's say it was lit, it's like it's sunny out today exclamation point. She goes, "It's sunny out today!" <laughs> Okay. Well. So, so now I I just want every sex scene where Cressley's books to be like I'm coming. <laughs> oh my
1: god. I will say <laughs> It's funny to me because it is something that because I teach middle school that there are kids who I'm like, look, like punctuation cannot actually do the work for you like verbs have to and therefore if you're gonna like write a sentence and you just want 20 exclamation points to tell me how excited i should be maybe you should just make the words in that sentence better wow (laughs) That,
2: that is not Cressley. Cressley likes an exclamation point. Cressley can do whatever Kressley she wants. Cressley would yeah. disagree. Cressley's
0: Picasso. Cressley yeah. is the Picasso of exclamation points. What are rules? <laughs> and right. now that
2: I have told you, now that I've said this. I'm sure I'm You're going to notice. And everybody who listens to this podcast is going to be like, you know what? There are a lot of exclamation points. Sex- exclamation yeah. points. Yeah. And you're not going to hate it. You're going to be like. I Next time it. you read a sex scene, you're going to be like, where's the exclamation?s here? This, they <laughs> yeah. must not be enjoying this is it that much. not very good sex. <laughs> anyway, what I think about it is that it has, it, it like, I think this would bother me anywhere else, except yeah. that Cressley's books are like intense from page one to yep. page
0: 250. Exactly. They gnaw off their leg right on page <laughs> one. Yeah, Right.
2: So, I mean, there better be a sexclamation point there.
0: I have always noticed this exclamation points in Cressley's books, but there are more of them in the contemporaries. And I think part of that is because it's basically like human heroines having sex with immortal heroes. Sure, books. right. right. There, how
1: else would it feel?
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> there actually aren't words in
1: English for me to describe how your seven-foot monster cock feels. Yeah,
0: <laughs> foghorn leghorn is... <laughs>
1: Um, The
0: Hermes don't even have words to
2: accompany their exclamations. It's just exclamation points
0: in quotation marks. I
1: challenge you, Kate. If I don't find an exclamation point in love lettering, I'm going to be real fucking disappointed.
0: There's definitely not a sexclamation point. I don't know. I I also feel like with sexclamation points, you have to really lean in. Like you can't just have one. Oh, yeah. You have to really like embrace the sexclamation point. I don't think I've ever written a exclamation point in a sex room. No. Book. What's funny is that there should be,
2: you know, there's like a, there's like a scene in this book where um, he's like, oh, I have a surprise for you. And I, like, I don't know, in like 12 hours time, he has managed to put together this like insane oh, <laughs> sex yeah. room where there's like all these toys.
1: <laughs> and what should
2: be an exclamation point is like every time he like holds up some piece of equipment, she should be like...
0: Just think, <laughs> exclamation point, it's a what
1: (laughs) i will say if we are going to talk about punctuation i have noticed that she does like an ellipse i will say that ellipses
2: yeah well
1: fine i mean that's not very exciting i guess it's like no it's like what's the opposite of a sexclamation point like right
2: it is the opposite
1: yeah you're like okay let me slow this down a little (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I bet those aren't in the sex scenes very
0: often. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to look now. I'm there all are like... so many sex toys in these books. <laughs> I get tired of it. It like, seems, and exhausting. I know that, that maybe makes it seem like I'm a real bore. I'm a like, real bore. My God, there are a lot. There's a lot going on. Well, listen, Vika really got on board. <laughs> <for you>. <laughs> <laughs> she really did. But I feel like so. Here's the thing. So we finish the player, and then Cressley puts contemporaries away yeah and so she's still writing she's writing the ya books she's writing but which are paranormal she's writing iad she's writing um the dacian series still and she's not writing contemporary anymore well because it's like she did it right she, she was like, like she p pe- like the player is like a master class yeah that's right that. here's a challenge i i have met it i guess i'll move on now yeah i don't know yeah. So, but I would like to see that. I would like to see Jess as a heroine. Although oh, yeah. she's sort of, she's a little nixie in the sense that she's just got such a intense personality that, again, like, I'm not, I don't know how you translate that to a heroine. Oh, that's interesting. I've never thought of that. But that well, if anybody good... could do it, it would hard, be impressive, right?
1: right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else? Um, <sighs> <I> Mafia? <know. laughs> uh, there's, like, no mob, really anything, at all no that's this. really the first He's first just a tech thing. genius yeah.
1: yeah
2: he worked he like he boring. said something like he worked he calculated it
1: and he worked like a <laughs> whole worked lifetime. A lifetime already i'm like yeah me too motherfucker i'm not a billionaire <laughs> <laughs> Think I have, Brilliant. all i do is work i have like four goddamn jobs like do better <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's wrong
1: with you jen <laughs> jesus i have clearly everything
0: yeah uh, i mean it's it's Here's what I will say about this whole series, but especially this book, and maybe this is the reason why I love it the most. Like, yes, I love a damaged hero. Yes, I love you know exclamation points. But the the reality is that it's such pure fantasy. This oh book. God, yes. I mean, and not and in a different way than the first two. Like the the first one, I don't. You have to set the professional aside because that just feels like a kind of straight up contemporary. But like the master's fantasy, but in a different way. This is like pure elevated. I mean, it's just none of this happens to real people. Yeah, right.
1: No one fights a car for you in real life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right? No one's like, let me fight this car. But there is, but also there's from the start, it's this fantasy of like, imagine, and I know it's problematic. I know it is, but it scratches every itch. This idea that someone would see you across the casino floor. Yeah. And say, like, that is the person for me, and I am going to do everything I can to make myself the best version of myself before I go win her. Like, when I come to her, I'm going to come to her perfection. Yeah, That's amazing and impossible, and I love it. I
1: think one of the things I would say upon rereading is... um, I mean, we've talked about, like, structurally, like, what I think she's doing with, like, kind of hiding. Like, we think we know the hero, but it's hidden. Is there, you know, one of my, like, as a middle school teacher, like, kids love foreshadowing. Like, it's, like, kind of magical to them when you go back and you're like, do you see how this was said? And kids are like, oh, how did I miss that? And I was like, that's how it works. I will say, rereading it, I was really impressed by, like, really just how many clues there are that there he is doing something else.
0: Mm-hmm. But, because
1: we trust her so much, right, that we don't really question it and i I do think like structurally like and i I will say i i I like that feeling i mean, you know i I was like a real sucker for what was that movie where he was dead all along, um <laughs>
0: What? You know, think one... you mean the sixth sense yes that's the one right <laughs> and then it's... i thought you meant like meet joe black no or like no he we was knew... satan all along no god, god of seriously. death or whatever same that's even better than he was dead <laughs> all along. right
1: the sixth sense this or... is coming <laughs> you guys <laughs> or like the usual suspects like i do like a big reveal right and i like to be surprised like the main character is. Wait a right? minute, so-
0: were you guys surprised at the end? The first time? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I was.
1: That he I mean, was like pulling a long con on her? Yeah, I was. Huh. Fine, you're better than me. I no, fucking watched I- the sixth <laughs> sense with my dad,
0: who halfway through turned to me and was like, Is he dead? And I was like, Fuck you, Dad, what's wrong with me? <laughs> you know <laughs> Here's the thing that I wanna say about this, because I actually have a lot of I have a lot of feelings about this question in books. Like, are you yeah. were you surprised by the end? Mm-hmm. Um, I spend interestingly like for me. I, first of all, I hate I love spoilers. Like I hate not knowing the end of a book, which is partially why I think I'm so I'm I'm a romance reader first yeah. and foremost. Um, but, like, if I go to a thriller in the movies, like, I read the spoiler online before oh, I go. Oh, yeah, me too. Because I want to know how it ends. I want to be prepared. It makes... It, this is the largest bone of contention in my marriage, by the way, is that, mm. like, I always know the ending of the movie when we go and sit down, and Eric thinks this, like, destroys his <laughs> experience. Like, well, I don't know why it destroys his experience, because we're sitting next to each other, and I have my own brain, but whatever. <laughs> it feels like it does. Um, so, but in this particular case like i i felt this way about the da vinci code too where i was like i think this book is so clever like i'm you know i had no idea that Je- yeah. jesus was a woman or whatever it was <laughs> it ended, i don't think that's the ending of that you're gonna get male. whatever it is jesus gets married and has babies or whatever it is it ends the da vinci code and it's Obviously, it's all there. And the Da Vinci Code, part of, we can do a whole episode on why I love Dan Brown, which is that I think he makes readers feel real, real smart. Yeah. um, Because they figure it out like one page before the Harvard, you know, archaeologist figures it out. Sure. Um, But the the reality is, is, like, I think when I'm reading romance and something like this is written into the plot, I'm not expecting it and I'm not looking for it. So it just becomes like a really easy, like I am easily surprised by a twist ending in a romance novel because I don't expect it to be there. And then I'm just purely delighted. Yeah. You know,
2: I think I would agree with all that. I think I am like, I, I will often be surprised by twist endings, but I think this one maybe because of my, like, like I said at the very beginning, like yeah. the sort of con man, like grifter stuff. I
1: You
0: are tuned into it. Yeah, yeah, well, you're right. I mean, it, once you say it that way, yeah, it does feel like we No, were
1: I dumb. mean, if it, like, hits whatever <laughs> is your thing. But, yes. yeah, I mean, I think – well, and it's funny because somebody – I can't remember who we were talking about. Like, someone's like, oh, yeah, I don't like first person because I don't like unreliable narrators. And I was like, okay – there is not a single romance author alive who would write an unreliable first person narrator because no one would ever read their fucking books again. Right. Like we, we have to trust that the narrators, regardless of like how it's being told are telling us the truth about how they feel about the other person. Authenticity is king. And it is. And so to have a book that really like plays with that, but the, the lie is essentially because he was like, look, I know I'm broken but i knew we were perfect for each other so i had to figure out a way to get you essentially on the hook so you could figure out how how we're perfect for each other right like as a i wouldn't have run the con if it wasn't for the fact that i knew it was the only way i could get you right and i think that's it like the necessity of the con then is like his it, you know ties into his him how broken he is yeah and I think that that's why it ultimately works because again, it's like really rooted in self awareness, yeah, but yeah, I mean to have that work for me, it really it's like a deft hand, right? We always in the hands of a lesser author, but you know when you have a, a that's why like you, Kate, I don't really actually enjoy books where one character is lying to the other because I feel like it breaks like a really fundamental like thing that I need to believe going into this relationship which is that it's grounded in in trusting each other
0: I love a liar
2: yeah and that's really I mean that's a uh-huh. that's a kind of like in-depth way of thinking of it I think for me like to when there is a plot like that I find it very stressful um, oh, yeah and like lie. Li- I mean not not just I mean characters withhold things all the time but it's like De- like identity things. withholding like really- is different,
1: I think, than lying, right? Yeah. Have you guys read, um, it's a YA book called One of Us is Lying. Sarah, you should read this book. No, but
0: I'm putting it on my no. list because I it's, do love a liar.
1: It's like four kids in like detention and they each tell the story of how they got there. But one of them is a total lie and you don't hmm. know which one. So it's very, like, Rashomon-like, almost, right? Like, but on purpose, like, one of them is, like, completely spinning a tail. And it's it's really a popular book among kids. Like, I think it, that really, like, triggers something in us. Because I also think, I think we as people in the world like to think that we are above the con, right? That we are the ones who would be immune to being taken in this way. Hmm. That we, right? And so to fall for it like she does, but because it's love... <laughs> right then we can sort of forgive it whereas if he was just you know and even her conning people it's we only con people who are cons right like sort of that makes the lying, you know like sort of all that mistrust and lying and duplicity kind of acceptable to us in a way but i think it really triggers something in people to think i would never fall for that hmm. Right? I don't know. I Maybe I'm wrong. But I mm. I do think that's, like, what you were saying about Dan Brown, Sarah. Like, we want to be the smartest people in the room. We want to be the ones to figure it out first. And books that, like, play with that, I think, can be really fun to read. Hmm.
2: That's
0: well, it also takes a deft hand as a writer to be able to, to give the reader... The information, but just at the right moment. Oh, God. Like, yeah. So you haven't failed in the mystery. You've succeeded in delivering a delicious reading experience. Like the two, yeah. the, it is a really, really fine line that is difficult to walk. Because once you do feel, once you put together that um, Vika is being conned here, it, you have to feel – but you have to have both admiration for Cressley and feel like you see it all. Like, Yeah. The, because that's the trick is like it can't be you're being conned, Vika, and then suddenly the reader's like, wait, what? Yeah. Like how? How? And it takes two chapters of Infodump, right, right, to understand it. The reader has to immediately be able to put the pieces together like in The Usual Suspects, right, right? where suddenly you realize that – verbal is Kaiser Sose. And right. you're like, oh my God, it was all, it was there all along. Yeah. And she writes that, that scene where he comes out to the car so that you like, yeah, the
2: way she describes him, like his, the look in his eye and he's saying to her, like, I can explain this or whatever. that, yeah. um, you know, then for the reader,
0: it will like very easily click into place. Like, oh, there's also this piece, right. And, and I meant to talk about this earlier where we talk about, you know, for me, at least there, that, perception of he's changed himself into perfection for her long before he actually meets her and, yeah. and engages her in any way. Of course that's not true because he gets to her and he realizes he has to go the entire book um in this sort of model of perfection like he refuses to acknowledge to like reveal yeah. himself to her in any way, which of course complicates everything. Um and then he has to ultimately change in an authentic way for her, for the two of them together. And that's the love story here is like you can try and be the perfect, the image of, you know, the, per- the image of perfection for your partner. But ultimately, you can't know what perfection is for your partner until your partner is there in it with you. Right. Do you think that she
1: changes at all for him I mean like we talked about her being free but I mean I think she really gets to like stay stay who she is and also like reveal who her family is which was like really important to her and a big reason why we knew it was never going to work out with Brett
2: I don't think she changes and I don't know that Cressley wanted to I don't think I think it was like she gets to be who she is, she is and and I like I have crafted a, a man for her that is completely devoted to her and in love with every. I mean, yeah. Because part of me was sort of like, especially when I did the reread, part of me was sort of hopeful that like at the end she'd be like, you know
0: what, like grifts are wrong, and I yeah we're gonna do it. Again. <laughs> no, the last line of the book is a grifter for a grifter, yeah, right? Yeah. Right. Or a con for a con. Yeah. Um, right. Oh. I love a grifter. I love a
2: liar. Like in a lot of books, like in a lot of romances, what we see is like both characters change, right? Like they become better versions of themselves or like a wound that they had is healed or something like that.
0: That's not Cressley's core story, though. Yeah. Cressley's core story is heroine who is already good, solid, right. Right. And And hero who must change
1: for her. Yeah, Right. Yeah, you're right. That's, yeah. She's not interested in heroines changing, which, you know, what? fine.
0: We're all fucking awesome. Like, I'm not (laughs) interested in that either right now. Like, maybe that's why this, I have to say, like, we started this reread almost a year ago, and I was real worried, like, in the climate that we're in, I was worried that these books would not hold up. Mm, But they do. And I think the heroines are part of the reason why. Is because there is never a moment where you're like, this heroine is problematic yeah like i mean maybe sabine maybe but like <laughs> you know
2: but she, she like it she isn't even problematic by the standards of m- many of the heroes right like oh, yeah, it's, it's just right. the, exactly. the, you know um, the standards are different patriarchy yeah I mean, <laughs> so i think it's like i think in this book it's sort of the same it's like she gets to keep being who she is and like that's really what the book was about like finding somebody who she wouldn't have to, like, plan their fucking football parties for. Yeah. Basically.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I hate to be this person, Kate, but we really didn't talk about sex in this book at all. And I think it's, like, a really big part of this book. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm going to take a Benadryl. Okay. I was like, just calm yourself. (laughs) Because I kind of, like, I think it's really fascinating, essentially, the setup, right, is that she thinks she's running a kind of con on him where she's going to, like, withhold. It's a sex game. Yeah. right. a sex game. Right? The milk
0: cow, you guys. The milk
1: cow, right? That's right. And <laughs> I'm like, milk. I'm laughing. Sorry. Yeah. And I'm a child. <laughs> um, I was doing some work on this week's podcast where milk also comes
0: up. That's all you need to know. Oh. Anyway, um... Take a Benadryl before you listen to that one. <laughs> but
1: the part where, like, essentially the – within uh, – what, in a couple of hours of meeting, they, like, really, like, make out big time in this bathroom. And he essentially comes make all out. over her. <laughs> he comes all over her, right? I mean, it is like, she calls it a real filthy, yeah, a real (laughs) filthy cum shot is what she calls it. And I, but one of my favorite parts of that scene is where she's like, okay, why don't you leave when, like, I'm going to like clean up. And he's like dumbfounded. He's like, I am to leave. (laughs) But I think, like, I'm fascinated by how, even though that's like the game is I can't get in bed with this guy, how like hot it is. I mean, I just really have to say that, right? It's like in a bathroom, in a limo, like all over the place, in the glass house, right? In the room full of cameras where they're projecting their own selves having sex while they're having sex and watching themselves. It's a whole lot. <laughs> and I loved it all. Fine. That's all
0: you need to know. There you go. It is a it is a lot of sex in this book.
1: Yeah. I was like, how have we gone this far without talking about what is, I think, really big?
0: But I would say that it's similar to... so. So we had Sierra Simone on talking about McGreve and how McGreve is really where Cressley levels up into erotica. And I think, interestingly, it's possible to sort of paint, it's draw a line from Dimitri to McGreeve, obviously because of their past. Right. But also because the book has to be extra sexy in order to help him heal. Yeah. Right. Sex is essential to Dimitri and Vika's relationship because it's he can't be in his own mind a whole person unless he can not dissociate, unless he can be with her, unless he can have pleasure with her, unless he can love her. And the physical is the almost the last piece of healing that he has to do.
1: Well, and I'm also fascinated, the thing I also really was fascinated by is he is horrified by her exhibitionism. He's like really turned on by it because it's her, but he does not want to share her in any way. And I think that's another like really appealing part of like this setup is he's like, I don't like this, but you get off on it big time. And that makes me really happy. So we're going to do this thing, even though I wish I could like never show you to anyone. And I just thought that was like a really interesting, I just, I don't know. I liked it. Great. You do what's right for her. Well done. Sarah, you said like about this being kind of
2: in, in the realm of sort of erotic romance. And like whenever we, and when you guys had Sierra on, you talked about this, like how in erotic romance, like the, the sex is part of kind of the, the journey between the characters, right? Like each sexual encounter is related to that. Mm -hmm. And I think that was true here. Like, their early sexual encounters yes. are connected to the con, right? Like one of them is trying to control the other in some way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and always it it ends up with like one of them has sort of less control than they initially thought, right? Um, so like, you know, when Dimitri says like, okay, like we are going to um, – I'm going to show you that you really do like oral, right? And so it kind of starts off like – Initially, when I read that, I was like, oh, this fucking guy, right? Like, no. <laughs> right? Like, she said she doesn't like it, right? But um, he, like, he thinks he's totally in control in that situation. But by the time the encounter ends, right, he's he's not, right? Like, yeah. he's, he's over the top, turned on, right? So, like, their early encounters are, are like that, right? And that, I think, is why they're, the first time they have sex after they're married, I think that's why that scene is, like, kind of as tender as it is because it's, like, for yeah. that little space of time they're not doing that. Right. Like the she thinks the con is over, right? right?
1: Yeah. And because it's her point of view, she can just like be with him. And also she really quickly understands what that this means something really different to him. Yeah. Yeah. So did that was that enough for you, Jen? Did
2: you
0: <laughs> I have another sex thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I have another sex thing. I love the moment where she's safe words. Oh, oh yeah. Here's the thing. Here's a personal kink of mine, you guys. I like it when a hear when in sex somebody safe words and the hero the heroine safe words and the the hero like immediately fucking like tears oh, yeah. himself away yeah. and like crosses the room to get away from her because he can't like he's desperate to touch her but like he yes. deeply respects consent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. And I mean, like that is pure kink for me. And when she like, but in the moment she safe words. Because it's too much, like, it's yeah. too intense. Yeah. Right? And it's not just, the way it's written, it's not just too intense because of the orgasm. It's too intense because she feels like he's unhinging her. Yeah. Like, she's, yeah. and so she's safe words, and he just blows across the room. Oh, yeah. And then she's like, no, wait, now I'm better. And he's like, uh-uh. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, Yeah. No. Like, you, that's, that's that then. Yeah. And it's magnificent. I mean, Cressley does consent. Really beautifully. Yeah, Always, But, like, it's really awesome here. (laughs) Except when that
2: guy, like, had the doctor come and give her an IUD. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's a different
0: thing. (laughs) Yeah, that was awesome. That's that's IUD consent. That's different. (laughs) (laughs) IUD, IAD, whatever it takes.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. But, yeah. I mean, I think that – but I also think it's because – he, like, pushes her too far, right? And I, I also really liked, actually, that moment. Okay, besides the fact that in that back room, I thought it was, like, real hot, right? When he unzips her dress and there's, like, that, that other threesome across the way. Like, she gets really freaked out by it, right? She has done something that she really turned her on and she didn't even know it herself. And she... And, she kind of blames him for it. And then I love that she like talks to her sister. I love any book where there like is a strong friendship between women and she has someone to sort of confide in. And then she actually like apologizes to him where she's like, look, I'm real sorry. I just got real freaked out. It was too much for me. And I was upset and I didn't know that I liked it and you did. And I didn't know what that meant. And, and I, I, I did think that in in that way, I guess, I found her. It's not that she changed, right? Like we were talking about earlier, but that she's just such a decent person. I love a character who can say I was wrong. Yeah. I mean,
2: I wonder if she called any of the people she got. Let let yeah. You know. No, that was
0: your book, Kate. So, okay. <laughs> sorry
1: (laughs) but you know what she didn't have to i mean they never felt the conning was different and i think that's like another really interesting thing right it's like the personal versus the essentially like her emotional personal life is just different and has different rules than her work life yeah right yeah yeah
2: it's quite Uh, a book everyone i like
1: this book (laughs) a lot a book I really you know what Sarah I loved it this time around I reread it and thought I'm not sure the master's my favorite right now
0: oh oh there it my is. goodness it's big it's big <laughs> it's a, big, a change. big change I will say this I like Kat in the master better than I like Bika mm, but I mean it's Dimitri forever hard eyes yeah. for Dimitri forever for me um Kate tell everybody what is next for you well I have
2: a book coming out um, in at the end of December called "Love Lettering," which I'm really excited about.: and It's amazing <laughs> I've read oh, it You have read it. Um, so I'm really excited about that, um, and so more information is going to be coming about that soon, and I think arcs are coming out soon, and so it's a real exciting time um, yeah. So that's uh, coming out next. And if you're curious about it, you can uh, find out more about it on my website, which is kateclayborne.com. Um, and you can always find me uh, on social media. I'm most active on Twitter and that's at KateClaiborne, and on Instagram. I'm
0: at Um, What about us? Uh, we are, what, is, what are I we like doing? About Jen? Us. Tell everybody about us. Where are we going from here?
2: Well, let me start by telling everybody, if you haven't ordered your copy of Raisin and the the Beast, beast, (laughs) to be sure to do that. It has the best grunting hero maybe ever written. It's so good. So get that.
0: Yeah, you you. should get that. That's coming at the end of the month, July 30th. Um, But where where are we going? But where is Faded Mate Oh, sorry. (laughs) No, thank you. That's great. I love it. Thank you.
1: Um, Faded Mates, I well, I, I'm like, we are recording a bunch. We'll have some more interstitials. We're gonna do Shadows Seduction and Shadows Claim together
0: next. next. Okay. In two weeks. In two weeks. Yeah, in two weeks. And then two weeks after that will be Wicked Abyss. And then Oof. we are and then it's season two is coming. Yeah. We'll do a little preview and then maybe take a week off and then yeah. season two. Well, Can't and here's believe. the one thing I will say. When Monroe is
1: released, um Oh yeah. Well obviously for any other future I For the be...
0: rest of time. Yes. Like Jen and I will be eighty three. Yeah. <laughs> and oh. we will record our podcast on our in our brains or <laughs> however it is we're doing that then sure, of course when Cressley releases IAD number 200 so wow,
1: wow. the um, twins
0: Holly and Kate's twins <laughs> I know um so we will so yeah forever you guys or at least you know yeah in the for the foreseeable future when Cressley releases a new IAD book we will release a new podcast yeah
1: but until then shadow's claim is a full length like novel shadow's seduction is shorter it's like a novella so we feel confident that you will be able to to get ready and you know what what i i'm gonna right now which is like july 7th or 8th i'm gonna put that on the twitter so that people will know to get ready what an exciting time. I know. We live in, we live in exciting times. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to Faded Mates. Uh, we thank Clay, Kate Claiborne for being our special guest. And we'll see you next time.